Let's Make It is brought to you by Zobi.com, the official supplier of electronic kits and other fun stuff for Let's Make It. Use code LMIFUN during checkout to save 10% on your order. Visit Zobi.com, that is Z-E-O-B-I.com today to get your 10% off. Hello, welcome to episode number 76 of Let's Make It. It's Wednesday night and it's 7 p.m. That means it is time that we start making things. Yeah. And we're continuing down our stretch of building hexacopters and flying things and the radios that go along with it and all different parts to it. And last week I threw a big curveball at you with a math week. And this week's a little simpler than that. Um, although overall it's in the long run, it's not simpler, but um, it's much more understandable probably because nobody likes math, right? Everybody hates math. So, well, here we are, and you saw in the very beginning of the show, we have our new sponsor, and they're here this week, and they gave us a code that gives us 10% off. That's zob.com. I'm going to give you that code straight right down here. So if you are needing electronic parts, and it's something from this show, they I've been promised that things that we talk about on this show, as long as we give them an advance notice, will be available in their store at 10% off. So... Um, that should be a good thing, especially when we start getting into doing the little partsy things again. So they are rebuilding their inventory. They're rebuilding their whole store from the ground up. And they are looking to us for some of that guidance as well. And they're going to be like our official supplier. They're going to carry whatever we talk about on the show. And we're going to start getting some parts from them as well to start talking about on the show and demonstrating uh, whether it's you know it can be a part or a tool or whatever, so we're open to doing all that stuff with them. That's zob.com, and you just use this little code down at the bottom down here, and you can get ten percent off. So that's our new sponsor uh, for Let's Make It. Okay, this week we're going to talk about uh, modifications to a radio. So I have, as you know from past, I do a little flying uh, here and there, and uh, my radio my remote controlled radio um it was inexpensive and actually it's not a bad radio it's it's a fly sky 9x it's also known as by turnigy 9x and a few other names too and it's really inexpensive it's like under 80 bucks and it's a nine channel radio and i think it's like it hold eight different eight or ten different um configurations for for planes or helicopters or helicopters or whatever and you can switch back and forth use one radio for all of them and it's really inexpensive. It's it's not like super, super nice. And the Turnigy is a little shinier. It's more uh, chrome looking like. But the Flysky is basically the same thing. And it's a little more plastically, plast- plasticky, but it still feels good in your hands. It's heavy, has nice weight to it and everything. So why would I want to upgrade it? Well, the internal firmware, first of all, leaves a lot to be desired. It's very cumbersome to get around. It's hard to follow. Um, it's, there's other things that are weird. Um, and being from the United States, it's, it's, it's weird to me. It doesn't mean it's like everywhere in, in, the, in the world, but the buttons are in the wrong orders and, and things like that. And you can fix all that with this, this firmware. So there's a couple of groups out there that have, have created open source firmware for these radios and there's different forks of them. So you got to kind of figure out the one that you want, OpenTX or, um, there's different ones, the EXR9, things like that. So what I decided to do is look at how to upgrade. I kept seeing all these things on the forum about upgrading it. Well, there's um, a company, or I guess it's a company, uh, called Smarty Parts that makes this little board that goes in this in this radio, and it actually installs a programmer to reprogram it into the bo- into there. You can solder it manually if you want. They get instructions all over the internet for that. 
this company makes a, a board and you're going to watch me put it in that literally just snaps in with four screws or three screws and you put a little cable out the back for the USB and you can program it. And it really is pretty much that simple. The other thing that this radio does not have is a backlit LCD display. And you wouldn't think you'd really be outside flying in the sun and you wouldn't really need that. But there's many times I've been sitting inside trying to program things and test things and I really would like to have a light on it. So I also purchased a light that goes in the radio. And so no big deal. That's, you know, add a light. Okay. So you're going to watch me go through and you're going to make you want to see all these changes. You're going to see it after I uh, flashed it and the, some of the differences in it. The other thing that I did is on the back of these radios, and radios have come a long way. I remember when I was a kid and people were flying radio controlled stuff. They had these really long antennas you'd pull out and there's like a little flag on the out there on the end and it's like white and purple or blue and purple or uh, white and red. All these different colors. And as long as you didn't have somebody around you flying with the same colors, you were fine. But if somebody had the same colors, you were on the same frequency. And that doesn't happen anymore. Everything's different. Um, it's like 2.6 or 2.4 gigahertz, like Wi-Fi frequencies. And typically you get about a kilometer safely. Um, and the f- the fly sky is a kilometer. That's what they say is a kilometer. I've never tried pushing it beyond a, beyond a kilometer. The FR sky can do a kilometer and a half. But that's not the reason that I changed this out. So on the back of these radios, there's a little module. It's an RF module. And basically, you just pull it off and you pop in another one. So the the F the the fly sky I popped it off and their antennas soldered together so I had to unsolder the antenna or actually I cut the wire on the antenna and pulled it out and then I put the FR sky uh, transmitter or, or the RF unit on the back so what that gave me is yes it gave me about a, a half of a kilometer longer or farther away but that's not what I got it for with the FR sky you can say when I run out of range I want you to look like this so. You can set all your parameters up. If you think about it on a plane or whatever, it'd be, I want the throttle to do this when I run out of range. Or I want the I want it to turn the elevator or ailerons a certain way. Well, on the quad, most of these smart quads have this um, return to home feature, or, or they call it fail-safe. They call it fail-safe. And you can set it so that when you go out of range, that fail-safe turns on, and it'll start returning to home. Well, with the fly sky, you can't do that. When it runs out of range, nothing changes. It just keeps the same numbers that it had. So if I'm flying away and I got a range, it's going to keep flying away and they're going to get back. Well, with the FR sky, if it runs out of range, I can say, this is what I want you, want you to do, and I can tell it to do whatever it has to do to my controller to get it to come back home. So that was the the main reason that I did it because I've never gone outside range before, but what happens if I did and it went and it, hurt, and it hit somebody or hurt somebody? I don't want that to happen. I mean, I don't fly that far away generally anyways, but there is potential that I could lose contact with it. If I'm in a lot, of, a lot of buildings somewhere trying to do some kind of aerial photography or aerial video, I could run out of range and, and not realize it. Not even being more than a kilometer away, I could be a building in my way. So I started thinking about that, and the cost of it is not much different than buying it from FlySky. So I had to rebuy a transmitter or the RF module. But the receivers, as I go forward and buy receivers, they're just about the same price. They're a couple bucks more, but they're not like, you know, like literally a couple bucks. You know, we're talking like 25 and 27. So it didn't seem like that big of a deal uh, in the long term. So that's why I wanted to change out the RF module. The other thing that the FR Sky um, receivers give you is telemetry data back. However, I'm not pulling data back that way. I mean, it's set up to do it now, but I get, if I'm doing, um, Video, I'm, I generally have a screen in front of me. 
and because I, I can see what I'm filming. And on there, it tells me my battery and the distance and all that kind of stuff. So I don't need to have it on the on the transmitter as well. I see it on my screen. Um, so, but if you're not doing it that way, if you're just going to go out and play around, you know, if you want telemetry data back, the FR Sky can do telemetry data back. There's a few other things it can do. It's uh, easily programmable. Now I had to upgrade the code on the FR Sky receiver um, to do some things that I wanted to do as far as RSSI signal strength into a, uh, one of my controllers. The, and I'll talk about that during the, the segment a little bit as well. So what I'm going to show you here is a segment of me modifying the radio, and then uh, we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about the, the next steps. All right, so in this segment, we're going to talk a little bit about the, the radios that you use with your quads. These radios can be used for anything, really. They're uh, for planes or helicopters or quads. Um, there's not really one designed just for quads. This one doesn't even have the quad ability. It doesn't say quad in it anywhere, but it does have you know certain things that are tuned for planes or for helicopters. But for a, um, a quad, you really can basically use an airplane or a helicopter. Really, you don't need all the helicopter features to fly a quad because basically you have you know your throttle, your uh, forward, backward, left, right, and then your rotation, or some people would be a rudder on a plane um, or um, the tail on a helicopter so those are the only four that you truly need to fly uh, a quadcopter now in this case this radio is a nine channel radio it's a f it's a fly sky which is rather inexpensive this whole radio here costs like under under eighty dollars when with one receiver came with it the um and it's a great beginner radio it's not if you're getting and doing uh professional stuff you don't, you might want to get a little bit nicer radio, but for what I do with it, just flying around with it, this works perfect. Plus, some other things about this one that's very unique, and I'm going to talk about that. And actually, I'm going to do a segment here next that shows me modifying this, putting in a board, allows me to reprogram it with open source software that adds a lot more features to this than a lot of other radios have. So this little cheap radio um, can do a lot more than what you know, you're giving the money, you know, you're paying one of the big the big people for. Um, and it's upgradable, open source. The, the community is constantly making changes to that. So, anyways, this is an eight-channel radio, real basic. I can turn it on real quick. You can see it has an LCD. Now, the upgrade I'm getting ready to do is going to make this backlit. Right now, this is not backlit, which is a problem. <laughs> um, if you're outside and it's you're in a weird sunlight situation or in the dark, wearing sunglasses, the backlit is makes it makes it really nice. And it, the kit that I bought to upgrade this. Um, came with that the light so you when, you, when i'm putting the, the thing in in the next video or in the next segment i'm going to record you'll see where i'm putting the backlight on it it's really easy to do and um the company made a board basically that without any soldering you pro, you can push take us apart put in it gives you a usb and uh, a, a burner just like you would burn stuff to an arduino you basically plug into the usb and you can do your own open source stuff where you can get this all the stuff that's available on the internet and there's lots of it out there and they've added lots of features to this this is not a real high quality radio. Um, it's not built overly well. The buttons are really clunky, and they're basically just tactile buttons that are underneath of there. So you can you, know, you push the button, you can you can kind of hear your, what you're pushing. So, but it's not it's not a bad radio. Um, it's it's comfortable in the hands and things like that. So a couple things about the new radio. This is a 2.4 gigahertz radio, and if you've been around for a long time around radio control stuff, you remember back in the old days these really long antennas, and on the end of it they had these like white and purple stripes or blue and purple or blue and white, you know, every stripe meant different frequency. And you have to be careful because if somebody walked on top of your frequency, they could control. Well, in 2.4 gigahertz, that isn't the case anymore. They actually bind this. It's using spread spectrum. Um, the distance isn't as good on these. The The stock, this version of the stock, says it has a distance of a kilometer. 
and I'm going to talk about some upgrades you can do to this outside of what I'm going to do to it that are really easy to really easy to make that um, can make it a lot a lot farther you know I'm not saying a lot farther but farther and there's some other things that this receiver for this from this company doesn't do as well and I'll talk about that here in a couple minutes too so let's take a little look at the radio you have your um, your four joysticks these are height adjustable so you can just turn these knobs right here and adjust them most of these are most things now are height adjustable so you can adjust how high you want them. I just leave it at the bottom because I don't like them spinning them under my fingers. That's why I do that. Um, and this is, you know, see how it's not fixed? It's not spring-loaded like these are. You can change that in this radio. You can take it apart, and you can put the spring. This is what's called Mode 2. So Mode 2 has a throttle on the left, just like this. And then this side's springing in all directions. If you want to go to Mode 1, if you're from Europe and you're used to fl flying something that's Mode 1, where throttle is over here, you can open it up and make this spring load to the center and turn off this spring. What I'm actually going to do when I do my modifications, I'm going to make this side spring-loaded as well, so both sides are spring-loaded, because typically in a quad, after you get to a level you want, you don't want to need to go. If it's in the center, it's not going to climb or fall. So um, when you take off, you push up to get it to the height you want, and then when you let go of it, it's going to sit there and it's going to hover in that area in that same height, especially if it's a quad that's running you know, some kind of stationary positioning system like a GPS or uh, a NASA or a NASE controller, either one. We'll do that. Um, and you can pretty much don't have to worry about it. So sometimes I'm sitting here, and if I'm not being careful, I pull it down a little bit when I'm pushing sideways to spin, and it'll start losing altitude. Or if I keep it spring-loaded, I don't have to worry about that so much. I know it's not going to – I'm not going to push sideways like this and let it go just when I do my spin, and now I'm losing altitude. So I'm going to put it spring-loaded. We'll see how it works. I mean, it can do it. I might as well try it and see what it's like. And in my radio setup, I have this center – so that it's not as sensitive in the center. So I have to go farther to start doing things anyways. I did that already just to try to think so I didn't have that same problem. So when I first move just a little bit, it's not going to make fast moves, and the more I go, the faster it's going to make the moves. So it's just when you can make it in the radio uh, for that. So um, there's trim there's trim here. You don't really need trim on a quad uh, after you get it set up properly. So it's not really not really needed, but you have trim in all four directions. And then there's buttons up here, and all these don't make sense in the quad, but this, what I had this button here set up for is this is on both the NAS and the NASA controllers. They have the ability to be in a couple different kind of modes, and depending on which controller it is, depending on what mode it's in, this is a three-position switch. So I have them both set up so when it's the whole way up, it's in GPS fixed mode. And then when it's down in the middle like that, I'm in attitude mode. It basically means it will let me go anywhere I want and not remember where it's going, but it won't let it flip out, fall forward. Or keep, it'll keep it level, basically. But the wind will blow it around. So I'm basically in control of it from that point of view. But if I let off the sticks, it will go into auto level mode and we'll keep going. It's called auto level in a NAS and it's just uh, attitude hold is what it's called in a NASA controller. And then at the bottom, I have it in manual mode. So I basically can make it do anything. I can make it do flips or, I mean, it won't try to correct anything. So that's how I have that configured. Um, on... My larger hexacopter, uh, this knob actually controls the gimbal where it points up or down, and there is no left and right on the gimbal on the on my, on that. So, but that's what that does as well. And then um, I have this switch configured to um, uh, let's see, it's different for each each one. Let's see, what I got it configured. I think in the in the naze controller, it's return to home maybe or fail safe. I can't remember. Exactly. And I think I mean, maybe it's the same in, in the NASA too. But the, um oh no, in the in the uh in the NASA controller, this is my flight mode. So there's different flight modes in the NASA. You can have it um be either um when you're pushing the the stick forward, it's it's going away from you in whatever direction it's going, and pulling the stick back will always come back to you. Where if you put it in 
uh, course mode. Or not, no, course mode is what does that. Course mode. No, I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm getting confused myself. Course mode will say uh, this is north, south, east, or west. Or, I'm sorry, north, south, east, or west. Um, when it's in home mode, this is away from home. So whatever direction it's pointing is going to go away from home. If you spin it, um, you can spin in the whole thing 180 degrees, and you go like this. It's still going to go away from home. So you know it's facing back towards you, and this will always be towards home. And so there's different modes you can put the, the Nazo controller in. The Naze has some things that are similar to that, but I haven't experimented with them enough to know uh, exactly how they how they function. I haven't said anything up on the radio. So, all right. So, like I said, very inexpensive radio, under 80 bucks to buy. It comes with one receiver. It's a nine-channel uh, device, and you can, it's easily hackable. So here's the other thing about these newer radios is this little module right here is an RF module. This is the Fly Sky that came with it, but I can easily take... With two hands, I say easily. It's coming, really. It is. There we, there we go. All right, that was another kind of tight. Take this module out, the RF module out, and replace it. Now you see this antenna's in here. I have to, to take the off the antenna on the inside with this particular one. But then I'd put on something like this, which is from FR Sky, and I would put their antenna on here because I don't have to use that antenna. And I plug it in, and now I'm using their module. And here's the advantage to, to for me in particular uh, for using this module is this radio that, and the receiver it comes with it doesn't have the ability to do anything as far as failsafe goes. So if you go out of range, it's just going to keep on going. It's, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't change anything. There's no way to say, well, hey, when I go out of range, I want, I want to do this. Um, so this particular one and its receiver, which is uh, here's one of them right here, I haven't gotten out of the box yet, uh, will actually allow me to say, when I got a range, this is what I want it to do. And what that allows me to do is to tell the quad, hey, I'm out of range, go into fail-safe mode. Where I can put it in fail-safe mode manually, if, I, if I, but only if I'm in range. So by using this other one, this also gives me another um, half to three quarters of a kilometer. But then I'm not worried about that part of it. I mean, it may get me a little bit better... Um, like if I'm flying around somewhere that has a lot of a lot of trees or something like that, it give me a little more control and you know stuff like that. But my main concern with this was that I wanted some kind of failsafe. So if I get out of range, it'll come back home. And I just don't want to keep on going with what this one here does. Now I've never run out of range, but I don't go very far with it either. So um, it's one of those things where um, I just looked at the safety of having it, and also say my radio died and my, uh, my battery died in my radio which these do beep when they get low. If, I, if it died, it's because I wasn't paying attention or wasn't doing what it was telling me. But um, if this would die and I'd lose contact with the, with the, the quad or the hexacopter, it'd come, it'd come back home with this, with, with this transmitter. So um, the nice thing about this is other companies make these things. And there's some companies that make some that go miles and miles and miles. Um, there's one company out there that makes one that I can probably go at least 20 miles. I know people take airplanes and go 20 miles with them. Um, so this one doesn't do anywhere close to that and it doesn't use spread spectrum. Those are a whole different, uh, transmitter, but they do fit into, they use this slot. They don't, they're bigger than the slot. Typically you get, got to put them on the back, but they do have the ability to connect in. And you just see, there's just, you look on the back side of it, there's just little pins right here. That's the connector. So these RF modules are very common. You can get them from many different companies now. Uh, and many different radios can use these RF modules too. So that's a nice thing about these new radios that are coming out. Now I'll leave this, in, this one out because I'm going to take it apart here shortly and, and um, add a board into it with the, with the next video. 
So that is uh, basics of a radio. And like I said, this is a nine channel. You can probably get, there's a six channel. I wouldn't recommend getting anything less than six channels because if you want to do any kind of um, flight mode with some of the controllers that have flight modes in them, you need something to control that. So you need at least six channels. And if you're going to use a uh, gimbal for a camera, I would I would even go up to eight or nine channels because uh, they're so inexpensive uh, these days to get these radios. And they're easily modifiable. And this particular one is is well-known. And this, this is a fly sky, but it, it comes out, I think, Eternity is the other brand it comes out as. So um, it'll look a lot like this, maybe different colored buttons or something like that. But they're basically... Um, the same radios inside, so you can still easily modify them. If you go out and look for um, FlySky um, mods, you'll find links. I think it's I think Turnigy is one of them. DX9 maybe is another one, if I remember correctly, that are all the same manufacturer. But you have to go out and look. Don't quote me on that. I only know particularly and for for sure FlySky. And I think Turnigy is the other one. And there's a third one that I can't remember what it is, but um, they they're all basically the same radio. They look slightly different as far as like the buttons are maybe silver instead of black and but the inside and the functionality of them is exactly the same. You can easily upgrade them internally, change the backs out on them and all that. So if you're looking, just getting in the quads, don't spend a lot of money on a radio. Um, do something inexpensive, under 80 bucks. This can also do uh, six or eight memories. So you can have six or eight different quads controlled by this one radio. So you don't have to have a radio for each each particular one. In fact, if you're into airplanes or, or when you get into airplanes uh, or helicopters after you get into the quads or, or whatever, this will work with all those. And it has, I guess I think this one says, I think it says on it. Um, no, it doesn't say how many, but I think it's six or eight uh, different memories that it can remember. Some of them remember 16. So it's, you know, it's nice to be able to have one radio to do all those. And you just, get, just buy one receivers. These receivers, you just buy these. these this is a, like a, it's not the same ones, but you just buy these. And they're under 20, about 20 bucks probably for the receivers. And you just keep buying them and putting them in your, in your planes and use the same transmitter. So it's definitely a nice way to, to keep the cost down when it comes to, to radios and buying something something like this. All right, so I'm going to record this upgrade in a few segments because it's, it'd be boring just to sit here and watch me do all this. So here's um, what I've done so far. I've taken this apart. And to get it to come completely apart, you got to unplug it. So I just unplugged this. And obviously, this is the, the back of the radio. So since I'm changing the transmitter and receiver to actual RF modules, I need to remove the antenna cable. Uh, and you'll see it comes in through here. So I'll work on that, get that out. The other thing I wanted to do is I wanted to make it so both sides would spring load to the front, so or to the center. So they like this one here, spring loads. I wanted this side to spring load as well. And they are reversible. They don't give you the parts to do it both. So this side I'm going to leave like it is. This side, this side right here, I'm going to leave just like this, um, and not worry about that. But what I did do is on the back there is this adjustment right here that makes this harder to slide. So I tightened it down so it's not as I just can't bump it by accident anymore. And it actually got to intentionally push it now, which may help the problem that I was having because um, I was just tapping it to the side. And when I did that, I'd come down a little bit because it was so loose. Now that I tightened that, that may solve my problem and it may be an, uh, an alternative to actually doing it. Now, before I go forward here, the um, here are the parts that get used here. This is the first one. And this board 
uh, is designed just for this radio. And let me see what it says on it. It says, oh, it doesn't give you like Turnergy or whatever models, but it's get some smartyparts.com. And it's a 9X programmer, so this is a 9X board. If you look on the back, here's how it works. You see these little pins right here. These are spring-loaded. So all you do, basically, is put this board just like this and, and screw it down. So, and then this is the USB plug, which comes out of the battery. So we put that uh, right up here where the battery goes. And that's the upgrade for, for being able to program it. So, and then the other piece that is part of this upgrade kit is this. I didn't get it out of the bag. Let me do it. Is basically a backlight. So, there it is. That is a piece of uh, acrylic with a light in there. And then there's this rubber backing. So, I'm going to take off part of the LCD, which then this goes behind the LCD. And then this plugs into that board I just had. This this plug right here does. So now I have a backlit LCD instead of just a green uh, dark LCD. So that's all part of the upgrade. So I'm going to go make these changes, get rid of this antenna right here, and uh, I'll come back in as I, get, as I go along the process. All right, so it's taking a little bit of work. Um, this bottom piece is loose, and you'll see down inside there this little white thing. That's the background. I had to tear this foam off that was right here. Actually, you can see it's here it is the foam I tore off because with the foam in the backlight, it's too thick. So what they do is they sent you more foam, which I put in place right there. And then this is the backlight. And you see the wire coming out of the backlight, and it's actually laying right up here. So now I'm going to go ahead and put this back, this panel back together here. Uh, enough to make sure the buttons work, and then I'm going to work on putting the extra board in there. Okay, so we've gotten a little farther along. First of all, you see right here this little USB plug in the back. It's it fits right in there perfectly. It's like almost like it was designed for that. I mean, I know the board was, but the case had a slot where it fit right in there. And this is going to be how we connect to the board we're putting in. So here's what it looks like with the board in. And we are so far. We haven't hooked it up yet. Basically, this is now attached to this board. It's, they sent uh, all the large spacing and everything you needed to, to do this. All you basically do is follow the instructions. So far, it's pretty much just been a screwdriver is all you needed. Um, but they... One of the instructions talked about hooking up the light, and I need to go back and read that again because it talked about cutting this off or possibly still using this. So I don't know. I have to figure out what what that really means. But uh, that's the next step is hooking everything up, and then we'll be ready to give it a shot and see what. Make sure the rest of the radio still works. All right, there we go. We have our Smarty Parts board in there, and we have it wired up. And I opted to do something a little differently. The Smarty Parts board suggested that I take the uh, two wires from the LED backlight and cut them and then put them into their plug. Well, they didn't provide me a plug, or if I did, they did, I lost it. So, um, And that allows you to control the LED via code for the backlight. But the, the light itself came with this little cable that's supposed to connect between here and, and there and basically powers it from the bus, which is what I ended up doing. So basically it's going to be on all the time whenever uh, the radio is on, which I guess is okay. If I decide later on I want to change it, I'm going to have to extend these wires. One of the reasons I didn't uh, try to bring it over here is the wires are too short for the LED uh, backlight. So I just opted for the way that it was originally to be installed, and uh, 
we can change it later on if we, if we want to. Uh, it's understand what what it's doing now. So the only thing we got left to do is plug this plug back into the back and uh, turn it on and see if it works. Let's give it a shot. Okay, I haven't screwed it all back together yet because I want to make sure it worked before I did anything. But um, here it is, and you turn it on now, and we get a nice backlight. That is just awesome. So uh, liking it, liking it a lot. Um, and I'm going to get, put it the screws back in, and then we're going to try to put some uh, different code on it and see what we can do with it. Um, I did end up with the antenna that took off before, which is actually right here. There's the antenna that took off, and the actual module, which, oh, here it is, right here. Wasn't as easy to get out as what I thought. So that means when they're putting them together, they're soldering stuff. So there's the actual uh, RF module. And where is the antenna at? Or did it fall back in? I don't see it now. It was coming out of that hole, but basically it was uh, soldered into here. So I ended up just cutting the wire right here. There it is, right at the very edge. It soldered just on the other side. So I didn't, I lost maybe half a centimeter of wire. I need to put it back together. But, um, yeah, that's all soldered, so I did, uh, I just cut it rather than taking it apart and desoldering it. It was just quicker considering that. But there we go. We got a radio um, that's been modified, and I'm going to go put screws back in it, and we're going to start uploading some code to it. Okay, so there's one more modification we have to make to the radio. Actually, to get the uh, FR Sky module, which I'm using right here, I'm going to take out, to um, fit in there. And the problem is, I don't know if you can see it in here, but there is a raised um, plastic thing that's in there to protect the pins that are protruding. The problem with that is if you take and look at these two different uh, units like this, what you will notice is that little area on this one right here is much more indented than it is in this area. Well, that indentation is bigger on this one because of that plastic piece in there this one won't fit. Otherwise, they are identical to each other. And if we cut that piece of plastic out of there, we'll be able to use any any module like this that's designed um, to be replaceable. Right now, we can only use these units. They probably did that to make it proprietary, but it's an easy fix. So while I still have the screws out of it, I'm going to take the back off again, and I'm going to take the back uh, board off of this, and I'm going to cut the, cut the uh, plastic out of right here. The reason I'm taking the board out first is because I don't want to cut the hurt the pins. The the pins I don't want I want to leave alone, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and do that right now. All right, so I have the back board off, and I just took a pair of wire cutters and just cut that little hump off because um, even when just cutting it down a little bit, it can't be no more than two millimeters off the bottom. Otherwise, it's a it's a problem. Um, and by doing that, the wires I mean the pins are already exposed anyway, so you just got to be very careful putting it in and out. I'm sure that may be part of the reason they did it as well, is they just wanted to be careful with it. But uh, this aren't the way most of the standard modules are. So um, it now looks like the rest of everything else that uses those kind of modules. So you can kind of see down in there, I've cut off that. So the pins are sticking out. I'm holding the board up because I didn't screw it back in yet. But I'm going to screw it back in and um, put everything back together and make sure everything works. All right. So there is our radio again for this time with the module fixed on the back. So here's how you can tell. Turn it over. You see our module is blinking like crazy. Uh, it is not paired to anything yet, so we are now ready to go with the FR Sky um, transmitter. So that's all there was to doing that. So what I'm gonna do now is I'm actually going to go out and we're gonna upload some code to this. Now the other thing I need to do as an example is I would need to flash the FR Sky receiver. So here, I got one sitting right here. Let me um, 
show you what I'm talking about. Get it out of its box container. So this is an FR Sky receiver. Where is it? There we go. Um, and it comes with PPM, which is basically what you do with the servo. You put servos, PPM servo, PPM servos on channels one through eight, and you can control them remotely. And with the quad, you could you could do this with well, especially with the NASA. You can run a cable for each servo into the NASA, and it would, and that's how it takes input. However, this is going to be used on the NASE controller, and the NASE doesn't have the ability to do that. So it takes things in through CPCM or whatever the other technology is. I can't remember off the top of my head. But And you can buy that, that version of that from FR Sky. Um, but I didn't know that when I bought it. But the cool thing is you can flash this with that same firmware. Basically, it's the same thing with different firmware, essentially the same thing. So I am going to go out and I'm going to flash this with the code from FRSky that has the ability to put it into the PCM mode or CPCM, whatever it's called. And um, this will then be able to work with a simple jumper setting. So um, and basically, I'll go through how you set that up when we get to that point. Uh, but I'm going to walk through programming this, and I'm going to walk through programming this. So that's our next couple of steps uh, is to get this stuff set up. All right. So here is the radio post software upgrade. So we're going to see, as you remember before, it's that FS in here. And it was a little hard to use. We're going to go ahead and turn it on. And you see it's backlit. And you see it says ER9X. That is the firmware that I'm using. And let's see alerts say. Oh. I turn on my buttons the right way. And it says alarms disabled. Okay. All right. So here we are. This is the front page of the new user interface. And you see I'm on Hexa 01, which is what I call the first, um, the, I guess I want to say the multi-copter, <laughs> multi-bladed um, one here. And you can see the interface is a little different down here. You can see, as I make adjustments, things are moving around. And you can see if I make trim adjustments, things are moving around. You see the trim down at the bottom. I'll get back to the center, just like that. And uh, it's a nice, a much nicer user interface than before. Let's get, uh, you see all the different options there. I can change which one I'm using. So I'm in hex 01 right there. And here's the menu you can go through. Much, much easier to use than the other thing. Um, the one thing I didn't do out of part is I should just switch these buttons around. This code allows me to take and switch the buttons so that the plus and minuses are reversed. Because in the US, minus is typically to the left and plus is normally to the right. So I can switch those and tell the code that's what I'm doing and it'll follow the same thing. So this is what it does as you get the upgrade. The upgrade was um a little bit challenging only because I was doing it on a Mac. After I got uh, past the some of the initial problems it worked great so uh i now can put multiple there's a couple different versions of this same i would probably, i don't call them versions i guess i would call them um i don't want to call them in svn now i i guess it'd be a branch maybe but anyways there's different branches off this main code and it's different people doing the same thing then there's open tx which is a little bit different uh but a little bit more complicated to set up more features but much more complicated i think than what this is but this is not this is a great uh, i've been playing with it i really like it uh, much better than what i did with the original code 
Uh, again, there's a few things. These are backwards and, you know, things like that. But overall, getting around it, it makes a lot more sense. So definitely recommend going to some open source code. So what we've done on this radio is put open source code in it. We put a backlight in here. We put a programmer inside of it so I can program it with this open source code. And then I've changed out on the back to uh, FR Sky Radio. So we've done all these changes to this radio and took this $60 radio and made it as good or better than the $200 and $300 radios for um, not much more. I mean, the code was free to put in here. The programmer cost, what, 30 bucks, and the screen cost under $12. And then the unit on the back was $20. So there you go. You got a $100 radio that's much better than some of the other higher-end radios. So that's what we do with upgrade a radio to a, an inexpensive radio to a very, very nice radio. Okay. So that didn't look hard, does it? It wasn't that hard, really. It just took a long time to go through and get the pieces of it and things like that. Um, the flashing took me a little while because I had a problem with my computer. It wasn't a problem with the, with the radio, but it was a problem with, with my computer. So I do want to show you a couple of things uh, on the Internet real quick. Let me hop over there. There we go. All right. So this is the FR Sky. Um, this is the, the Turnigy name on it, though. It, it really is exactly the same radio uh, as you saw on the on the video there. So but it says Turnigy on it. So you can find these a couple different places, but here's a good example. Let's see. This is $59. And this comes with a rec one receiver, but it's the FR Sky receiver. Remember what I said about reason I switched it out was it doesn't know what to do whenever it runs out of range, which is why I upgraded the, to the FR Sky instead of Fly Sky or the Turnigy in this case. But you can see for $55, bucks, uh, $59, 60 bucks, you're getting a nine-channel radio. Um, let's see. It says it supports helicopters, um, acrobatics, and gliders. But really, a quadcopter can work fine with uh, just a, uh, acro or glide, I mean, for the most part. Because they it only need really four for direction. So it's, you know, left, right, uh, forward, backward, up, down, and spin. But then you need other other channels, which is why the 9X is so nice, because uh, depending on what what um, controller, keep flight, flight controller you use, you uh, get lots of different features. Like if you're using the NASA, you can set it up so that one of the knobs on here controls your uh, your up and down on your camera. You can change your mode from GPS mode to attitude mode to manual mode. You can set up to your your direction you're going based on home mode or, or, you know, so all these different buttons can be used for things. And each one of those is actually another channel. And in the case of uh, my hexacopter, I can do two different video channels and there's a switch involved for that too. So it's yet another channel. So the channels add up quick. Um, so nine channels isn't really a lot when you're talking about a really heavily loaded uh, a quad or hexacopter. If you're just on basic flight and you're going to keep one mode, then yeah, a four channel would probably work fine for you. Although I still wouldn't recommend it because you're going to want to do change your modes. Uh, no matter what flight controller you use, you're going to want to go from, you know, um, acrobatic mode to manual mode or, um, self leveling mode, all these different things you can turn off and on via remote. So, I mean, I would look for 60 bucks. You can't go wrong with a radio like this. And then my modifications to it were probably under $50 total. For the the uh, RF module and the other receivers, the board in the board inside from Smarty Parts. Which let's see if I can figure out what the price for Smarty Parts is here. Um, let me show you here. So 
Smarty Parts board. Thirty-six bucks for the Sardis programmer board that you saw me put in there. So not not a bad deal. I don't remember where I got the the light from. Um, it may actually mention it in here somewhere. Let me see if it mentions it. This is not included. Hobby King LED. So um, let's see. Let's go look for this. Hobby King LED. Let's see. Turnigy. No, that's not it either. I don't see where it's at, but it wasn't expensive either. It was pretty inexpensive, actually. Um, yeah, I don't see where it's where it's where it's at. So what is the? <laughs> but you can go find that out there again. It's only a couple bucks, so I think it was like under under ten, if I remember correctly. So you know, with a sixty dollar radio and sixty dollars worth of parts, you know, one hundred twenty dollars for a radio that you're gonna you if you bought a name, well, I don't call it name brand. It is a name brand, but if you bought like um, a higher end Fataba or something like that, you would actually pay you know, two and three times that amount. And it's probably not, not have all the exact same features. So it's a, it's a great way to, um, to save some money. Especially if you're just starting out. I mean, I'm all about saving money when you're starting out. Cause you're going to crash it. You may not like what you, what you do with it. I mean, I, I personally love flying these things around. Um, but if we want to go longer distance, we're going to talk about another episode. There are some products that go multiple. I mean, we're talking 20 and 30 kilometers away, uh, that are readily available. They connect to the same radio, um, I don't think there's any modification to the radio. I think there's just a plug that goes in in place of the RF module. It's a bigger RF module that's outside, obviously. It's a lower frequency instead of 2.4 gigahertz. I think it's in the 900s maybe or 400s. I can't remember exactly where it's at. But there's a couple things out there that do very long distance as well, which I don't know if I recommend that on a quad anyways because the batteries don't last you know that long. Uh, I've seen people use those long distance ones for like long distance airplanes that you can go 20 miles away uh, and come back. So that's a little different, but if you want to go, if you need to go farther than a kilometer and a half or two kilometers, then there are other solutions that are available. Uh, I have no personal experience with them. Uh, like I do with this stuff right here. All right. So that's this week. And next week we're going to continue down. We're going to talk about motors and all the other little bits and parts of the hexacopter and quadcopter, whatever. And we're going to walk through all that, um, the, the tiny little bits of it and maybe talk about a little bit about FPV, and all that kind of stuff as well. So that's all next week. And next week, we're going to start our new segment on learning electronics or electronics 101. I'm not sure what we're going to call it yet. We haven't actually done the title for it yet, but we have some of the segments already recorded and they'll be coming up uh, in next week's show starting off. Again, if you need some electronic parts, visit zobi.com. Use the code right there, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, right there. And uh, you can save 10% on your first order for with them and uh, help them support. They support us and we like to support them as well. And they're a great company uh, to work with. And like I said, going forward, we're going to get some stuff from them to start start testing out. And we'll, uh, things that we're going to show on our, show, on our show too, they're going to try to keep in stock so that uh, you can just go there and you can purchase it right, out. right when you're watching the show. Just click on the link and go over there and get it from them. Be sure to tell your friends about us. Uh, oh, again, we're trying to get our YouTube channel pumped.
pumped up there. We want to, I didn't get it pumped up as much as we are for downloads in Roku. I want another 50,000 views. <laughs> uh, I know it's gonna be hard on, on YouTube, but um, yeah, spread us around, like, like our videos, tell everybody about us, tell your friends about us. You got friends that do this kind of stuff, right? Like electronics. You can't be the only one. Uh, if you got ideas for future shows, please let us know. Love to get some of your ideas on here. I'd love to get you on the show, actually, with the project. I get so many things, people asking questions about our project and working on this. And I never hear back. After they get it figured out, I never hear back. Like, hey, here's what it looks like. Here's how it works. If you're one of those people, please do a video and send it to me. And if it's okay that this show on air, please let me know that, too, and I, I'll do that. And if you can give me a narrative and pictures, that works. And if you have Skype, which but everybody will Skype now, right? You can always come on the show and come on live on the air and show your project. And you can, if you want to show me pictures ahead of time and just come in and talk about it so I can ask you questions and whatever, that'd be great too. So if you've got things like that, please let us know. We'd love to get you on here with us. All right, that's it for this week. We'll see you next Wednesday at 7 p.m. For show notes for this show, contacts, and more, go to the techzen.tv website where you can get show notes for all of our shows. We love to hear from our viewers and listeners. We have an email, a Twitter, and a phone number where you can contact us for each show. For details, visit the techzen.tv website and get the show details. You can also make a video and upload it somewhere like YouTube or Vimeo and then just send us a link. You never know, you may see your video in a future show. You can get all of our shows delivered automatically to your favorite device by going to your favorite podcast website like iTunes and subscribing. Each of our shows also has a YouTube channel you can subscribe to to get regular updates. Our shows are also available on most internet radio networks like Stitcher and TuneIn Radio. You can also watch and listen to our shows on Xbox, TiVo, and Roku. You can even find us on your Zoom.